The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomapete on SAFM. A rainbow is a beautiful sight. It is a good thing. It holds a promise that God gave his people following 40 days and 40 nights in the rains that he sent down with Noah. But the rainbow came because there were floods, because there was mud, because the skies were dark gray and black. It came because there was a deluge of wetness that caused great discomfort to people. South Africa speaks of itself as a rainbow nation. It therefore has to beckon. Has it dealt with its own mud? Has it dealt with its deluge of racism and other isms that continue to keep us from where we belong? Are we dealing with the rainbow nation because right now it is the most important thing as a nation we should be boasting? Or is it convenient because it allows us not to have to deal with the issues that we have to be dealing with? Issues that give us an H&M, Dove, Tresemme, Clicks, KFC, that call for roads must fall, that are the cause around which Black Lives Matter is predicated, that gave us apartheid, that gave us colonialism. Put differently, could we not have used 1994 as an opportunity genuinely to acknowledge, to apologize, and to atone and by atonement, getting rid of the vestiges that give us still in this day and age, colonialism, apartheid, and all these isms that prevent us from our collective development as a society. Is there perhaps a misnomer in the term, the rainbow nation? The weekend has been seized with conversations about things one would have hoped as a nation coming out of the troubles we have come through as a people we simply wouldn't have to deal with. It's Monday. Again, we are here, the 7th of September. Good evening, Dr. Meji Machoba. Why, as a society, are we talking about, among many other things, clicks? I think clicks is a microscope shame. What happened before? And I think the euphoria of the rainbow nation actually the debt of racism under the map instead of dealing critically with the issue. Because what we see in South Africa, we see a continuation of racism in more subtle forms. Because for the, the social wage. It seems I have lost my guest, Dr. Meji Mahob. I beg your pardon for that. It was always threatening to do that, given the fact that the line wasn't as ideal as it probably could have been. But for those who are a guest this evening, the loyal listeners, thank you so much for joining us. This is, of course, the weekend wrap with the first segment always on a Monday here on SAFM Viewpoint. And we are more than happy to take your calls on anything that is most topical. Of course, my colleague just had the winning coach of the APSA Premiership, Jingles Mosin. Thanks for that wonderful conversation, Tabi. So if you're a Chiefs or Pirates or Sundowns fan or a fan of the relegated team, I don't even know which it is, you are more than welcome to give us a call because this is ultimately consistent with the weekend roundup. Gender-based violence, the president announces three new pieces of law that will deal with gender-based violence and the scourge that attends to that. State capture inquiry, of course, continues. Former CEO Sidiso Matona is 
being asked to atone, so to speak. He's coming through what do you make of the testimony even of Mama Action Nomvula Mokonyane last week, the less said about the other guy who can't remember even the date of his wedding day, the better. What do you make of the charges that have been leveled against Mr. Malema on behalf of the EFF for apparently the inciting of violence? I say apparently because I'm not quite okay with the facts. I'm not necessarily confirming or denying their existence. Of course, we are talking about clicks, but other brands that seem to be comfortable in doing these things that create such conversations about race in a community that is largely African, but it finds itself still in the context of the narrative, always on the receiving end. And by contrast, the white people in this country, the white minority people in this country, always find themselves in the context of that same narrative, holding the supremacy, holding the trump card, always prevailing. Are we not dealing with a disease? Are we not dealing with a pandemic that has lasted humanity all too long? Meji is back. Good evening, Doc. You were saying. I was just saying that uh, clicks' actions are just a microscopic expression of the larger structural problem of racism, which manifests manifest in economic, social, and cultural relations. And that shows that since 1994, we haven't really asked political and structural questions about what does, it, what does racism mean and what does it mean to be black in South Africa? Because uh, you, as you said that we're a majority, black people are a cultural minority in South Africa, despite being large numerically, which means that uh, social, cultural, economic institutions do not really represent black people. That's why cliques find it difficult to actually issue a more genuine apology because they they live with that ignorance which treats black people as invisible. Why? Why? Why is it comfortable for a company as big as Clicks is? Why is it comfortable for people who obviously would have had many people okay that version of what should have been an advert to go live on air in a country that has had a history of these challenges that is still dealing with the vestiges, I keep saying this word, of colonialism, of apartheid, and all the challenges as a people that we now face? How are they in such a bubble or a capsule that extricates themselves from the society from which they are still making so much money? Is it a question of we don't care? Is it a question of indifference for whatever reason that might be? I think it, this two has, has two issues. First and foremost, they, they hold in a hegemonic position in terms of economic power, in terms of who take decisions, and black people are just uh, integrated in the most racist economic structures. So a majority of black people are enter into these spaces with lack of autonomy, lack of power. They are just there, having their labor transferred from themselves and to the white man. And secondly, it goes back to the issue that... Uh, while black people are many in this country, the economic and social institutions, whether it's education, is the church, is the police, is the media, are still actually a proponent of white supremacy. So the, the, the invisibility of black lives, how it has been derealized and socially murdered, manifests itself in this way because they, they live 
through the innovative version of white supremacy, which means whiteness and what white people represent is projected as normal and everything else has to fall in line. And sometimes these kind of things get challenged and they get shocked instead of deeply reflecting on the issue. Here's a question that I wish to ask in the context of what we are dealing with. Is it equally, just to change the line of the conversation somewhat, but equally relevant to the broader issue that is under discussion, is this equally not a time for South Africans to engage themselves on matters consistent with tribalism and intra-African? Let me call it racism or let me call it tribalism or differentiating on the similar sort of bias that we are seeing as against the typical black and white issues. Are we not due, is my question, of a CODESA that deals with this demographic question that allows us as a nation to be bogged down by the conversations we are now having? I think this is a very important moment because it really shows that as a society, we haven't gone really anywhere. And the issues of tribalism are actually connected to racism because what 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 colonialism and white supremacy did was to dehumanize black people and in the process to dividing them so that they can be controllable once black people are disorganized then you can control them at will and that's what's still happening that south africa although has so many black people they are disorganized because there's no that ideological framework that guides their thinking and that seems to be the problem and once we deal with that element of organization and identify racism and the economic and political structure as the bigger problem that we're facing in South Africa, we're still going to have this type of a conversation because our rage is not systemic. Our rage is not enough to deal with the systemic nature of the problem. We see a problem there and there, whereas the problem is more systemic and it requires black people to organize and to really gear their energy towards racism if they are to see change in South Africa. But there's a complication to that because the, the South Africa is under a black government. And how you're going to explain why there's still so much racism, whereas you still, you still have a black government, it becomes difficult because if you were in the U.S., you would say U.S. is a racist society, and you are able to see that the economic and cultural institutions are managed by white people, then you are able to diagnose the enemy that this is the enemy, this is the person who's marginalizing us. Whereas in South Africa, you have an economic and a racist system that has been managed by black people. Let's have a conversation. Callers, I understand. Polani Wanongoma, Sakila in Durban, Babungonda in Port Elizabeth. Babungonda, please sort your line out. For those who want to participate, please do so quickly. 891 do we need a CODESA on social cohesion? Is the work of the TRC now more necessary than ever before? That certainly is the thought in a previous conversation I had with advocate Dumisa Nzabeza, SC. The absence of African languages, therefore culture, the absence of African cultures, therefore languages in the nation's mainstream. Could that be the reason why we are having this very conversation? Thoughts from the callers. Kolani Wanongoma, good evening. Good evening, Putinjani. Yes, sir, Sefila uh, No, I'm, I'm all good, I'm all good. Uh, my take on the uh, clicks matter is that uh, clicks just petrol bombed itself. Uh, uh, the stubbornness that uh, the senior management of clicks uh, have or possess, it's worrisome for such a big organization as clicks. Uh, 
you know the the, the first initial apology in which I can't uh, recall it word for word, but there was a line which really, really angered me the most to understand the natural hair community. It's like the, the, the arrogance that they possess, uh, mm. it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And what I hate about this big organization is that whenever they are caught uh, in between such acts, uh, it's always said to the administrator, of the of that particular system was a junior employee, which is always a blanket lie, you know. So it just angered me, and I don't understand as to really, really what is happening in our country. Why is it that it's a black-run government? Like you would expect that such things. Not nothing that it should be a black or white kind of a situation. However, I expect one to be cautious, you know. Not what is happening. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. And when it comes to Umama Action, you know, I can't even believe that I used to like these women. <laughs> Umama Action was one of those ladies uh, in politics that when she spoke, I would, I would get moved. <laughs> Let's leave it there, Polani, please, my brother. I am pressed for time. We appreciate your very thoughtful comments in relation to clicks and your passing remark about Umama Action. Sakila in Durban, good evening. 90 seconds. Sure, sure. And your guest. Do we need another Cordeva? Nope. Not even another TRC. We just need to black people to start owning stuff. If you don't own anything, my brother, anything will happen to you, and it will be not important. You don't even own the the newspapers. You read what you see in the media. You and, and that's the thing, man. Um, people are not. You can't scream. Uh, we want transformation. We want to be included. What you want to be included in? In the system that you didn't create. We have had. English here, yeah, the African nationalism, black people have uh, anything. You say the government is black, okay. Who's funding these black political parties? We don't even know. Maybe we'll know because of right to know SA. So I'm not being pessimistic, but I'm saying if, if people can start owning things, maybe these things will never be happening like this as they are happening now. Thank you so much, Sakila. All within time. Babungonde, good evening. I'll, I'll get down to it about clicks on this one. Uh, it's called the black hair is damaged and whatever, and the white hair is straight and you know fine. So the truth is, if that hair is damaged, alopecia, it is loose, it is falling, that can be fixed. Okay, there are products in the market that can do that for both black and white hair. Okay, now I understand from. The CEO of Clicks, he was saying this is potentially racist. Not potential, it is racist. Some other commentators were saying it is distasteful. I remember in the Free State University when those white boys, you know, um, urinated on the food of the cleaners. The comments mm-hmm. there were this was in bad taste. So it must be called for what it is, racist. Songeza, good evening. A very good evening. Babungo the Good evening. Songeza, thanks for taking my call. Look, I, I think as South African, I keep on saying this. We just love headlines, Songeza. We just run with headlines the whole long time weekend and to today. The thing that, um, that 
inside the food in Sundeka, we talk about it, nothing happened. And I can count many. We are still here. And then now we call, we're trying to call Cordes and Donny nonsense. <laughs> there are some white people, white, some white people who are racist and will remain racist as such. And I believe that there is no a, 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 a soft way to call, confront racism. It, it should be confronted by the way the EFFs are doing. Not, look, I, I mean, I'm just getting angry every time when the so-called white people, some white people just make some white um, racist remark and then they'll say, oh, Senator, can you please give us a a, 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 a organization that we can give some money? What rubbish is that? Are we that for sale? Are we that such a cheap people? Senator, thanks, thank you, Macaulay. Thank you very much, my brother. Selo, very emotional, very irritated, very angry. Aisha in Uppington, good evening. Um, we are dealing with the symptom and not with the root. All I want to know by you is, do I send you the email at feedback at, at um, SAFM? Because I would like to <laughs> lay this out. Um, we have to deal with the structural issues. Our entire lives, firstly, we have to decolonize our minds. Secondly, we have to, wherever you are, in whichever arena you, you find yourself, look at the system and fix that system because our lives is permeated with their system. We have to change that. And it's not about screaming once every second year. It's about every day fixing. I got you. Can no, I we appreciate that. that, that, that email and, yes, um, please do. Here is the email, Aisha. It is studio at safm.co.za. Okay. Studio at safm.co.za. If you wish to get hold of us, the producers are on top of that. So you're more than welcome to comment there. Dr. Mejimokoba, final comments. There's a lot of this conversation or this aspect that is creeping into our society, probably because of things that have been left unattended for as long as they have been. Us, them, the question of othering. Is it due for us now to deal with it? Pardon? I didn't get the last part. The, the, the question is, is it now not as good a time as I was asking in relation to tribalism for us to also talk about the language that we use, our national lexicon? Are we not engaging in a dangerous path when we say us and them and they instead of dealing with it in the collective but still being able to point out the challenges or the problems within the collective as opposed to the divisive speech that says us and them? I think the issue of using, I mean, a collective approach is very problematic because it means that uh, we are going to misdiagnose oppression and heightment first. Because if we are going to put racism and tribalism at the same level, we will be concealing issues of power and cultural oppression. 
where, as we know, that first and foremost in South Africa, we have the problem of white supremacy, and everything falls into that line. And that can also be connected to the type of languages that we use. It's, it, it's historical and it's colonial in nature. And, and for that to change, it has to start at a macro macro level. And then later, when we've dealt with the system that actually confers white privilege and whiteness, the power to uh, to operate the way they do, then we can start dealing with other issues else. So the fundamental issue here is that we are living in untransformed society. And that being untransformed, black people are on the margins all the time, whether it's culturally, economically, and socially. And they've been kind of integrated into a racist economic structure. And that structure essentially has produced white ignorance because white people would not even see their racism until you point it out because they are living comfortably in the concept of whiteness and white supremacy. And that has created difficulties for black people because they've always have to out with the type of racism that they receive from white people. And then to say we shouldn't talk about us and them, I think the starting point in South Africa should be to repair black people, how colonialism has dehumanized them. And restoration has to talk to the issues of the land, the issues of means of production, the type of education system that they go to, the type of religions that they follow. And once that element of cultural, spiritual, economic uh, restoration has been achieved, then we can start talking about a more collective conversation about what does it mean to be human in South Africa and what does a human do? Because when we talk about the concept of human in South Africa, you cannot totalize the conversation to a black and white person. When you are in Hamlamalele, when you talk about a black person, I mean a person, you talk about a certain type of a person. Thank you. When you are in Cape Town, you're also talking Thank about you. a different type of a human being. And this is in the same country. And once we go deeper and address those cultural, economic, and social issues that informs what it means to be human, then we can't have questions about non-racialism or rainbowism, because they will be... Fantastic. Yes. No, let's leave it there. Thank you so much then, Dr. Meiji Mahoba. Thank you so much as well to the very disciplined callers. I understand from our production team that the lines are flashing. Ladies and gentlemen, your comments are still valid and we most certainly do welcome them even on the other side of this very short ad break. Dr. Meiji Mahoba is out and we continue the conversation we had started on Thursday with Ndombi's Kona Valela, who's a historian and writer, to talk to us about the depiction of women in South African history. Probably more relevant a conversation today than it might have been on Thursday before the storm that has been broke out. After the break, we continue the conversation. 891 104207. Your thoughts always welcome.